This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let's fuck this shit. I have never heard that. You've never heard that song before? No, you know I watch all hockey games on mute. Oh, that's, I mean, like, but it's like a classic, it's like a classic, like, 80s song. Okay, the only Gloria that I know. Is Gloria in Excelsis Deo? <laughs> yes. <laughs> God. Old Gloria. <laughs> oh, the oldest I, I, I get that stuck in my head, by the way, all the time. I've had Gloria stuck in my head, but I've also had, oh God, what the fuck is it called? I can make your bed rock, but just that portion of the song. What is that song? Okay. Call me Mr. Flintstone. I can make your bed rock. I like, I remember like the line, but I don't know what song is. I'm going to pull it up right now. Call me Mr. Flintstone. I can make it. The exact part that I have stuck in my head all day is my room is the G spot. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like somebody, somebody. Oh my God. Let young money sing that. Oh my God. Just that part has been stuck in my head all day. I think it's like an anxiety trigger like song for me. Just an update for everybody on how I'm doing. (laughs) Having a good one. (laughs) Having a good one. Mentally doing great. That's not to true. paint a picture. To paint a picture of what's happening right now, usually I record this like in a seated position, looking somewhat professional. I am back in bed, back to the original setup of this podcast where we started. My window is open. There's a very loud bird outside, so you may hear that <laughs> at some point. And my door to my room is like completely open. Whoa, doing good. How about you? How are you? I'm okay. My train this morning. The heat was on. And it is very hot here, so I started the morning with, like, sweat literally dripping down my ass crack. You know, in some countries, people, like, pay to go to saunas, and they're grateful for it. Yeah, I don't think they, like, want to go to a sauna with a bunch of, like, gross Chicago men packed near them. I'm pretty sure that going to saunas is, like, a top activity for old white men. Do you ever see anybody else in saunas? I've never been to a sauna. Why would I go to a sauna? Like, why do I want to be uncomfortable? I know. It's like a really gross concept to me. Hockey players do it all the time. Well, hockey players also, like, do smelling salts and hit their wives. So, (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't think we should be taking their advice on anything. <laughs> anything. <laughs> That's fair. That's totally fair. I would do smelling salts one time. I would too. I saw someone. I would doing do anything them. one time. I would do literally anything one time. I would do opium one time. I would do heroin one time. I'm not gonna list all the things that I would do <laughs> one time. No, that, keep that going. This podcast. is great content. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I would definitely do smelling salts one time. Do you think they have different flavors? I don't. Is that how it works? No, I think there's just one flavor, and it's smelling salt flavor. <laughs> I would not do. You know what I would not do one time is bath salts. I would do bath salts. No. <laughs> if you're in Vancouver and you have access to bath salts, please DM me because I I would like to do those. Is body. Vancouver the place where that guy ate the woman's face off? No, that was Florida. Oh, the opposite of Vancouver. <laughs> I'm so sorry. What if when we go to Vancouver, we just stay? Dude, I was walking home from the gym today, genuinely thinking, like, if I went to Vancouver and didn't come back, how would that work? Like, all I would need to do is buy a car. That's, you You would have to do much more No, I don't that. think I would. Uh, you I would. Just would. Think, uh, I think that's it. I think that's all I would do. I have enough money saved up that I could, like, at least, I could survive. For one week, because Vancouver is very expensive, and you don't make a lot of money. DC is very expensive, too. Uh, yeah, and I would be making a lot less money after I quit my job. <laughs> yeah, and you would also need to, like, get a green card. Well, that is where marriage comes in, Christina. Okay, all right. We're both going to get green card husbands when we're in Vancouver. Why else would I have gotten into hockey late in life if it wasn't to get a green card marriage to a Canadian? That's, like, basically all the problems taken care of right there. Yeah. We need to become life's automatic place to stay. A rock to lay your head <laughs> at night. A rock to lay your head at night. Do you have to have sex with your green card husband? Christina. What? I don't know if anybody's told you this, but you don't have to have sex with anybody that you don't want to. What the fuck? <laughs> In this economy? <laughs> Just letting you know. What a digression. Anyway, we are going, to, we're going to Vancouver in just over a month. I, oh, oh, that's what I did this week. I finally. Oh my God. Okay. I finally did my passport stuff. Really came down to the wire there, buddy, but. Okay. Well, listen, it didn't actually. I've been in like a weird place where it was like too early to like go to the passport agency and do it. Slam your fist on the counter and demand that they do it. Yeah, you, you can do that. No, I mean, like, they would have gotten very mad at me and I probably would have been arrested if I did that. And But it was too late to do, like, normal renewal. Yeah. Also, the way you renew passports is fucked up. Like, you mail it. I don't like that. People used to mail stuff all the time. Anyway, so I did that so I can go on the trip. Good job. Hopefully. Thank you. We're starting to line stuff up for our Vancouver trip. It's very exciting. Christina and Namita and I are staying together, so what could possibly go wrong? Have you been watching any playoff hockey this week? I've dabbled. I've watched a little bit. How about you? <laughs> so, the Canes. <laughs> the, the absolute, absolute Canes. Canes. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, like we're going to talk about playoff hockey, obviously, in this episode, and we're going to just respond to your calls because we got so many about Canes and everything that like we're just, that's all we're going to do. Call in special. Text in special, really, because apparently everybody felt like being nonverbal this week, which, like, I understand. That means that I get to read them. That's fine. So we did get a bunch of Kane's texts. Should we just go through them right now? All right. The first one was, what gets the Canes into the Stanley Cup finals? 
um, an act of God at this point. We also got one that says, do you think the Canes should have stuck with McElhaney for the start of the series? He had the hot hands, 3-0 with a solid save percentage. Instead, they went with a guy who just came off an injury. Hey, y'all. Never watched hockey before I listened to your podcast. That's weird. Oh, my God. Uh, Thank you. Uh, But now, being from North Carolina, I'm terribly attached to the Hurricanes. Please give me reasons why the Canes are actually fine now and how we can still win this. And then the last one we got about the Canes was, what sort of horrible blood sacrifice do Canes fans need to make? Should I Photoshop Hamilton capsizing the Bruins boat? Yes. The Bruins boat has been canceled for the rest of the season. We're done with the Bruins boat. The Bruins <laughs> boat was bringing us some really bad energy and also like was just embedded in a very dark place in my brain. <laughs> Big bad Bruins. I hate it so much. I hope to never look upon it again. It's your fault. But if they go to the finals, I'm going to find, I have to find like a much more cursed image than that for the finals. <laughs> I don't think you can. If they play the Sharks, I got to find something really, really bad. Do you remember the one that Manny kept tweeting in the first round when they played the Leafs? That was the train. It was the train hitting the car. <laughs> yes. It's the Bruins train hitting the Maple Leafs car off. Oh, wow. Well, we love we love image macros uh, on this podcast. Big fan of memes. <laughs> Your Audrey is crying right now thinking about the Bruins train. We're doing really good. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> It's just broken my brain. <laughs> it's completely broken my brain. Woo. Anyway, back to the Bruins. Back to the Bruins. What is there to say? What would you like to say about the Bruins? I would like to say good job. Doing great. Good job, Bruins. Good job, Tuka. Big good job, Mika energy to good job, Tuka. Very impressive. You tweeted the other day that, like, Tuka Rask is, like, one of the only men in the NHL that you're actually afraid of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's scary looking. There's only two guys. There's really only two guys. It's Tuka and it's Nick Backstrom. The other one I'm scared of is Matt Murray. He's very scary. Both of them have, like, a a lidless stare kind of thing going on. There's nothing behind those eyes except for pure, like, calculation. It's terrifying. Yeah, and that's why he's so good at making those saves. Christina believes in the power of goalies. That's really what this playoffs has like done for us. Okay, okay. Mm. Yes, I realize that goalies matter, using air quotes right now. But I think that too much of the discourse around the playoffs like comes down to, is the goalie hot or not? Mm-hmm. I don't think that like super reflects why playoff series are won or lost. I think it's just oh, like totally. an easy thing, easy thing for people to say and like talk about. So yeah, like obviously Tuka Rosk is hot right now, but they're winning because they have this powerful offensive core mm-hmm. that can score on every power play. We can gush about like Tuka all day and sure, we can definitely do that. But the Canes are now down 3-0. So what's going on there? It's... Oh. Jesus Christ. I mean, like, we can talk about the latest game. They came out in that first period. They looked good. Ready for business. Yeah, they looked good last night for the first time in a week. But Jesus Christ, please, God, can I have one one power play that produces anything? I was going to say, like, they're getting a lot of power plays, but literally nothing is happening. They had a five on three last Mm -hmm. night for over a minute and a half. And it's, this has been a problem that's been ongoing all season for them. They cannot capitalize on a power play. 
whether it's four on three, whether it's five on three, whatever. They cannot make it happen. Five on one. Like, I would like to see it, honestly. Yeah, I would like to see them fuck that one up. Yeah, it's and like, I don't know enough about the mechanics of playing hockey to really explain to you why it's so bad. I just like know it when I see it. And that is like a turgid, abysmal power play. Power plays. Like pornography. You know it when you see it. That's right. Thank you for doing the law reference this week. You're welcome. It was just like a really sad game of hockey to watch, especially since they've been doing so well at home. And then you see Justin Williams just losing his marbles out there to Tory Cruz. It was frustrating because the first two games that they played in Boston, they lost both of. And they just didn't look like themselves. And I don't know how much of that is attributed to the power play or them having so much time off in between series. Sometimes that can really like be a detriment mm-hmm. to teams. But they came out last night and looked like themselves and were playing hard and were playing their game. And they had some... The Justin Williams penalties are like an entirely different thing where he took three penalties in the first period. It's not great. It's really not good. And you could tell he was very frustrated with himself, mm-hmm. especially because I think after game two, he was like, we cannot be taking penalties like that. It's just unacceptable. And he said, you know, it's not going to happen again. And then bam, to come out like this. But two of those calls were extremely soft, in my personal opinion. And I just feel like this is another example of players not knowing what to expect. Like it's a larger officiating issue. And like, obviously you have to be responsible for yourself. And in situations like this, you have to be disciplined, especially when you're already in a two game hole. But there's only so much blame I can put on his shoulders. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I think he was taking the bait, though, a lot. Yes. I think they figured it out, and, like, Boston's that kind of team, and if they can, like, play a personal game, they will. And so for him to be dropping elbows, right. it's just, and, like, you're supposed to be a leader. I get that everyone gets frustrated, but if you're in a two-game hole, you're at home, how are you going to take six minutes of penalties in the first period? My advice is just, like, Tori Krug, if you don't want to get elbowed in the face, be taller. That's what I say to everyone. You don't like being short? Well, why don't you try it? <laughs> I mean, really, that was the one that I was like, that was blatant. And you could tell that it was, it was just totally out of frustration. But I think there was like another hooking penalty or something that he got called for that like, he had his hands up, like had, had dropped his stick. You could see that he was like, I did not mean to do this. Those mm-hmm. are the kind of penalties that I just, ugh. It's so irritating and there's no there's no winning in this situation because either you like want them to call everything or you want them to call nothing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this is just a, they have been targeting Justin for the entire series. Yes. There was this insane hooking mm-hmm. on him by Brad where like he hooks him by the neck with his. Uh, totally cool. And I think that that was probably the tipping point for him. Like, how could you not be so frustrated and come out just kind of scrambled mentally for game three after that? And to be honest, I think this is like sort of not a failure in coaching, but like a coaching issue. I feel like your players, if you're like your leader on the ice is getting this frustrated Mm -hmm. with his performance and his teammates' performance and the other team that like he's taking that many penalties. I don't know. It's especially interesting with Justin Williams because... With him and Rod Brindamore, they were teammates. 
Mm-hmm. So like now Rod's the coach and they have a very, very close relationship. Like Rod has said in the past that before he decided on whether or not he was going to take the head coaching job, like one of the first people he called was Justin Williams and asked mm-hmm. for his advice. And obviously Williams took him to take the job and look where they are now. And that's great. And they have this very close personal relationship where they can talk about this stuff. But yeah, it's just, I mean, if you think about it, like neither of them have been in this situation right. before. It's tough. I think obviously it's time for other people to step up. It's time for it's mm-hmm. time for them, the rest of the team, to show him how invested they are, um, and to step up in that way. Yeah. So, like, is that what you think needs to happen for them to win a game? Yeah. Also, literally one power play that produces anything would be dope. Jesus. I, do you know what's happening there? Like, I don't understand why it's so bad. I think it's. Because they've had the problem all season. I think in this series, it's less that the Canes power play is so bad. It's more that the Bruins PK is good. (laughs) The thing about the Bruins is that they have so much depth defense-wise, and they have so many skilled, like, two-way forwards that Mm -hmm. they throw people out for the PK, and it's like... They're fresh. Yes, They always have somebody coming. Their special teams is like unparalleled. So I think it's more of that. Stay disciplined. Everybody needs to step up. I. How do you feel like going into game four? How do you feel going into game four? I think they're going to lose. I think they needed to win the last. I honestly haven't thought about it at all. But I think that the cool thing about watching the Canes this season is that there's a sense that no matter what happens, it's. A testament to how good this team is that they've gotten this far. Oh, absolutely! Like I don't think that even if they, even if they do get swept, mm-hmm. I don't think. I mean, that would be really weird. Like that'd be like three sweeps. I don't think that it, it's like a detriment to like the amazing season that they've right. had, and it, it shouldn't affect the next season at all. Mm-hmm. No one has anything to feel bad about. I mean, unless they want to fucking bring on a power play coach over the summer, that would be great. Maybe make some some changes. Maybe just think about that. All right, Miss Goalies Matter. I would like to ask you about the McElhinney-Mrozic stuff that's been going on. What do you think? I think they should have kept Curtis in. I really do. I know that's probably like a, I think that's like sort of a hot take, I guess, because by all accounts, like Mrozic is a better goalie, but... I think with the amount of time that Morasic had off and also like his injury, mm-hmm. I don't think he was. And and like, I feel like the way that goalies work, it's so. Once you're dialed in, you're in. Right. Yeah. And like McElhaney was in, like he was insanely hot and he was ready to go. And I think it was a mistake to switch it up. But that's the risk you take mm-hmm. when you sort of do goaltending by committee. Yeah. It's like you, you make calls like this and you have to live with them. You know, they're starting uh, for the game four. I would be surprised if they don't start McElhaney tomorrow. I think that was, I think that's the right decision. What about you? Do you think they should have started McElhaney? If I'm I understand their instinct to go back to Brozic. I do too. Especially considering his personality and the fact that he's always like, put me back in, I'm ready, let's go. Mm -hmm. And he's been that way coming back from injuries before, where you can tell that like, he just can't wait to get back on the ice. And he's like, he wants to, his whole thing is like, he wants to prove himself by being out there. He likes getting shots in on him in the first couple minutes of the game because it helps him get settled. Mm Mm-hmm. I understand their instinct to go back to him. And I think it it sucks because like, there's such a good dynamic between the two of them. There's such a good goaltending tandem that mm-hmm. it's just like shitty timing. 
I think like a lot of what happened in the first two games in Boston was not necessarily Mrazek's fault, but more the fact that like there's only a couple guys on the Canes who are really comfortable in front of the net. And that's like Justin Williams and Michael Furland. And I don't know how much that blame can rest on his shoulders, basically. But do you still think they should have started McElhaney? I mean, like, say it. I didn't really have an opinion on it at the time. So I can't say now, like, oh, my God, yeah, they totally should have. Because, like, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. You declined to answer this question. All right. Coward. There was Known so- <laughs> coward. I think there was so much other stuff going wrong in Boston that I'm not sure if it would have made a difference. Yeah. Oh, baby. That, uh, what, six or seven two game? This deadass sounds like a Carolina Hurricanes podcast right now. So we need to transition. Because, oh my God. Good Sorry. Lord. Hi, Audrey. Hi, Christina. This is Jackson in, let's just say, Canada. We've seen some very questionable officiating in these playoffs. There was the failure to issue a match penalty against Charlie McAvoy the other night. Uh, the game misconduct that cost the Golden Knights the series back in the first round. And now I just watched the Avalanche get a goal called back on a bizarre offside call. So my question is, should the NHL abolish referees? Or can they be improved through reforms? Uh, Thanks. I'll take my answer off air. They should abolish them. There should be no referees. A cab, but refs. A lawless sport. No, we talked about this several times on the podcast now. I just think there needs to be some sort of league-wide consensus on refing both during the regular season and during the playoffs. You can't, I mean, and, and like their whole thing is like, we don't want refereeing to get in the way of the game, but that in itself gets in right. the way of the game. Like I've never played the game, so I've never, I've never had to encounter these situations like in real time, but it's just like this weird cultural phenomenon of a completely mm-hmm. different, separate, different set of rules during the regular season and during the playoffs. And I don't know how much reform would help that. Right. And it's, it's like this in every sport. Yeah. You have playoff refs in football and playoff refs in basketball. And they, they either call less stuff or call more stuff. It's a psychology thing. Right. Refs need to go to therapy. So what I think they should do is get rid of refs and instead... Have the games refed by drones, like, set up Hmm. in different areas of the rink. And that way you can always have robot eyes on what's going on. And the robots can call the penalties. What if the singularity happens and then the robots start getting biased? Then we're back to square one. Did you ever think about that, Audrey? The drones are in the pocket of the Bruins. Big Bruin. <laughs> the Big Bruins. Big Bad Bruins. Ah! <laughs> I'm thinking about it again. I close my eyes and I think about the Bruins. <laughs> it's like Curse of the Black Pearl. Ooh, I'm going to listen to that soundtrack. That soundtrack whips. I love that movie. It's still good. Yeah, it's really good. We got a text from somebody who says, I don't know shit about hockey, but my friend loves you and she loves hockey. She loves the Jets. Oh. Is this about you? about me <laughs> i know did you did you call into your own podcast um congrats i guess you know what friend i love the jets too i'm proud of them they did not do good this year this is a blake wheeler appreciation podcast we'd love to appreciate blake wheeler yep. the jets are fun because they have a lot of american boys on their on the team why do you not like players from other countries uh because i am a fascist. <laughs> 
<laughs> Next question. You want to read this one? Pick your winners between Blues Bruins, Blues Canes, Sharks Bruins, or Sharks Canes. Well, this is the four possible final combinations. Oh my. Okay. All cursed. All horrible. Uh, Blues Bruins. Bruins. I think if the Blues play the Bruins, there will just be mass casualties. Like, neither of them will win. Um, I am picking the Bruins. I would pick the Bruins over the Blues. Yeah. I would pick Bruins in six. That's, that feels right. What about Blues Canes? Oh my god, my dream. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it depends. I would take the like, Blues. I would take the Blues if Sarsenko decided to play. Decided to show up to one game. He had an assist a couple of, He's getting back in it. I feel bad for him. I don't know what's going on there. I want to talk about that whenever we talk more about the series. But yeah, that one's a toss-up for me. I probably do Blues and Seven. Yes, and Blues and Seven. Oh, fuck. What about Sharks Bruins? Well, that's what's going to happen. But we all just better get settled in for this right now. I would go with the Sharks. I would go with Bruins. I would say Sharks in Seven. Bruins in Six because you don't know what Martin Jones is going to show up. Martin Jones or his evil twin is going to show up. His I just think that just cause I pain. can never have nice things. And so it's going to be sharks and seven. All right. That's a very fatalistic what view of the like, world. The but... ultimate good versus evil sharks canes. Sharks in like four. <laughs> I, no, I think they could win one game. I would give them sharks, sharks and five. five. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. Anything could happen. Wow. We are really down to it, aren't we? With these I know. Teams. Who could have foreseen? Go back a month and tell a month ago you that these are the four teams left. I'd be like, well, that's boring. <laughs> I don't know any of these boys. I've had to learn so many boys' names. Yep. That's what this entire year has been. You learning boys' names. Yeah, this entire season of hockey has just been I'm me learning so many guys. What's your favorite name that you've learned? Oh, Greg McKegg. We Bam. all had to learn who Greg McKegg was. We got a text from somebody who says, I'm a diehard Caps fan and watch almost every game with my three and a half year old. That's very cute. Now that they're eliminated, he still wants to watch games and I'm afraid he's turning into a San Jose Sharks fan. What do I do? You have to let it happen. Like, that's really cute. That's really cute. My dad used to do that with me. This is where Christina and I, I think, are going to try and struggle session ourselves this week because we've really been going through it with the Sharks for the entire year really and there are a lot of reasons to like the sharks (laughs) we're aware surely we're aware of them yes it's just that for reasons beyond our control yes we have a bad personal history with the sharks for me it's all evander kane when i look at the sharks it's very unfortunate but when i look at the sharks all i can look at is the fat stack of cash that they just handed evander kane yeah, he got, what, $6 million a year to play for them? Cool. Cool. It's one of those things where it's like, I know that they're personable, I guess. I just, I have personal beef that will never, I'll never like them. And that's fine. I don't have to like everybody. Okay, but we're, right now, we're both going to say one nice thing about the Sharks. Okay. It was three, and then Audrey and I got busy. and We were going to each share three fun facts about the Sharks that would make us like them. And maybe that will be an ongoing thing. Like, especially if they're in the finals. Like, every episode, we're going to try and find one nice thing to say about the Shark. Can we do that? Yeah. Think? I think that's a good one. Hmm. I like the color. That is not good enough for me. That does not make the okay. cut. Okay. 
Uh, I have to say something about hockey, mm. <laughs> not about the color. Not about teal. Uh, I think that Brent Burns is a really fun player to watch. Is that good enough? I'm very proud of you. Okay, now you now you do one. My favorite thing about the Sharks is that Joe Thornton is the ultimate cancer. Say more. There's not a lot of cancers, the Zodiac sign, in the NHL. (laughs) Joe Thornton may be the most important one and the one who most exemplifies the sign, I think, to me. Because he's a natural leader, except he doesn't like having any attention on him. He doesn't like talking about himself. It makes him very uncomfortable. So there's like all these pieces right now because everybody's speculating about A, the Sharks have never won the cup. B, like Joe Thornton is turning 40 and he's going to be a UFA this summer. Is he going to retire? There's like all the speculation going on and people like in the league really respect him. And so everybody wants to talk to him now and he has no interest in like being interviewed. He has no interest in being the subject of any of these media pieces or anything. I really like this quote from Logan Couture after game seven against the Avs. He said, Jumbo is not ever going to talk about himself. He never will. He's a team first guy. But that first round when we came back on Vegas, there's a rumor sticking around that he may have been tearing up on the bench after we scored that fourth goal to go ahead. I didn't see it, but the rumor kicking around was that he got a little emotional. When you see how much this means to a guy in his 21st year, it rubs off on the rest of the guys and we want to do it for him. Oh, how do you feel about that? I think it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. Whatever. I mean, there's a lot. There's guys on every team who like would like to win. (laughs) I wish everybody could see your face right now. (laughs) I look like such a prissy little bitch. (laughs) Such a brat. (laughs) I mean, it's true. There's like a 40 year old fucker on every team who would love to win a cup before he retired. I'm sure Chara would like to win another one, but you don't see people. Oh, Christina. Okay, I said one nice thing. I said my best here. You don't like him either. Anyway, I just think that I, I like Joe Thornton a lot. I like that we share a Zodiac sign and that he's very emblematic of being a soft shelled crab. Let's talk about blue sharks. Okay. Have you watched any of the games? Um, I have. I gotta say, I have dissociated very hard during all of the Blues games I've watched because I've just had a very hard week. Yeah, that's true. I've both watched and read a lot about this series. So the Blues are really suffering right now because their star player, Vladimir Sarsenko, Sarsenko? Tarasenko. Tarasenko. There we go. He's always been a really streaky player. It's really frustrating to read about because it descends very quickly into like... The, the Russian, He's the Russian, Russian mind. And nobody really understands him. He's an enigma. Yeah, the Russian enigma thing. And, like, I find that so fucking boring to read about. Yeah. And, like... And also, like, vaguely racist. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I'm a Slav. I'm not an enigma. Maybe he's just tired. You don't know. Yeah, and, like, I just, I hate that sort of coverage. Like, it's just boring to read about. And it's, like, so Cold War and so 80s. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to have, like, a bad week as a player. I mean, like, probably don't want to have your bad week right now. Right now, right. But, so he had an assist in the last game. and he, But he's just, he's been their guy. And, like, he's not there. Mm-hmm. And so it really sucks to have it all come down to, like, one one piece just not really firing for you but that's 
That's sort of been the situation. I mean, Bennington's still been great, unfortunately, even though he sucks. The rest of their, like, offensive core has been okay. Like, they're tied, I believe. It's tied right now. The Sharks have been great. It's been actually... Mm. Okay, I have another nice thing to say. Oh, my uh, God. It's really fun to watch Logan Couture as well. My man has had 13 goals in the playoffs so far. Okay, so he's really he's a really weird player in that he performs better in the playoffs. Isn't that insane? Every year! He's at a point per game. So much of that must be that you just thrive under that pressure. What is his sign? We have to find out. I bet he's a Virgo. This is crucial. Or a Capricorn. Oh, that's good. Oh, March 28th. He's a a Aries? He's an Aries, yeah. Okay, I can see that. Okay, pop off. That makes sense. It's just really fun to, like, see a player that, like, and reliably turns on every playoffs. Like, he just gets fired up, ready to go. So many superstars start fading in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And so to see him, I mean, it's it's incredible. He's outpacing everybody. Yeah, a point per game in the playoffs is, like, that's insane. Yeah, that's... (laughs) He's popping off. Good job. We can say nice things about him, but also stop scoring. Yeah, let the Blues win. Let the Blues win. I find him very charming looking with like with the tooth gone. Yeah, with the tooth gone, it's it's a good look. Okay, we we gotta stop saying so many nice things about these boys. Uh, we got one text this week about the Blues, which I thought was fun because you know me, I love any Kachuk content oh my god but somebody wrote in and said cool story i just learned about my brother used to be a youth hockey referee and being in st louis he refed games for the children of many famous former blues players including keith kachuk's boys apparently during one game he had to send brady to the bench because he kept (laughs) taking out his mouth guard and chewing on it after being warned multiple times to stop because it was a player safety violation (laughs) so his and matthew's irritating chewing has been a thing since the beginning thanks and love this show well who's surprised thank you so much my two terrible sons. Yeah, they're both of them are just like that quiz on Clickhole where it's like, which one of my which awful- one of my awful sons are you? That's them. all three of them. Did you read the story in the Athletic about uh, Robert Thomas? Yes. Yeah, living in their house. That is the content that I need. I was talking to Mallory about that today. I was like, what I wouldn't give for one night in the Kachuk household. I love that they're just like him to his own natural born sons. Keith Kachuk is like, you don't fucking matter, right? Right, now. and he also like Keith you Kachuk, leave that boy alone. Keith Kachuk- cannot stand Matthew. He <laughs> hates his own son so much. And he's just like, yeah, Brady's fine. I don't care for Matthew. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't care for Joe voice. <laughs> I don't care for Matthew. I love Matthew Kachuk. Leave him alone. <laughs> Imagine like being in that house. That would be so much fun. Just constantly being ripped on. It'd be like when you and I are around each other. I know. I bet. <laughs> That's cute. I bet like. The entire wing of where all the boys stay, because I assume their house is big enough to have wings. It just smells like jizz. Wings? <laughs> the wings of the Kachuk estate. No, that's what that, that article is. They talk about how he stays in the basement. <laughs> not like, like, they have like a, a whole thing set up because he's not like the first guy who's, you know, it's basically like a billet family set up. Very fancy. With so many sons. So many sons. Too many sons. I think it's cute, and I think they should let us stay there. We'll go to St. Louis. I used to live there. Yeah, you hated it. I did. It sucked. Keith Kachuk seems like a nice man, except to his own sons. He rocks. I mean, he played for the Yotes when I was growing up in Phoenix. He's played for everyone. 
what should we wrap up we with? talked too much about the canes we talked so fucking much about the canes you guys i'm i'm so sorry we have nothing to apologize for but i will say i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's like the most audrey thing you've ever said <laughs> i know i shouldn't apologize but i'm sorry anyway this has been another playoff edition of puck bunnies wow i cannot believe that in a few short weeks we're going to vancouver next month i'm so excited that I'm not I'm trying to like say something nice about the sharks but I think I've hit my capacity I was just trying to do affirmations right now like, <laughs> I'm trying to do have a reason to live <laughs> That's literally what's going on um if you would like to call in with your questions or suggestions or feelings or thoughts anything for our, our next episode you can call us at 774-318-6952 if you would be so kind as to leave us a review or a rating on apple Podcasts, that would be great i would love to hit 100 before the season is over yes that would be so sick i love to have numerical goals what if we did something special if we got 100 like what? What would you like to do? I'll kiss you on camera if we get 100. In Vancouver? In Vancouver. Do you I, promise? Yeah, I promise. Okay. If we get if we get 100 reviews on iTunes, With I tongue? will kiss Audrey. Yeah. How much? Like a little bit of tongue or like I too much tongue? I will fully penetrate your mouth <laughs> with my tongue. <laughs> Please do not rate us. Please do okay. not review us. I'll give Audrey a kiss on the forehead if we, get, if we get 100. I would like to see it. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at puckbunnies underscore pod or on Instagram at puckbunnies no underscore pod. So just puckbunnies pod. Sorry, that wasn't very clear, but whatever. Just type in puckbunnies and we'll come You'll up. You'll figure it out. It's the same logo. Yeah. <laughs> Support us on Patreon. Give us a little bit of money at patreon.com slash puckbunnies. Don't stop yourself at a little. Give us a lot. I got an email from Adobe and I think they figured out that I'm scamming them <laughs> with my <laughs> three-year expired student ID. So whatever. At Gettysburg EDU email. Yikes. Anyway, I'm Audrey. I'm Christina. And this has been Puck Bunny. That was See you guys later. such a weird way to say that. Bye. I'm trying. Okay. You're doing your best. <laughs>
for the ones who get going when the going gets tough and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.